I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. This is Utah Weekly Forum, a public affairs show dedicated to learning more about the issues affecting our lives and health and exploring the resources available in our diverse communities to help. Here's your host, Rebecca Cressman. I feel super lucky to have time with Meredith Kimball Lang, who is over the marketing of the Utah Symphony, Utah Opera. And Meredith, thanks so much for making time with us today. Of course. So thrilled to be here. There have been so many wonderful performances already, um, you know, rolled out in the month of November. And I just wanted a chance to touch base with you and ask about what is planned in the coming weeks. Yeah, you're absolutely right. November has been such a big month at the symphony. Uh, We've had a superstar pianist with us. We've even just kicked off our holiday concert season over Thanksgiving weekend with the Messiah. We had a packed house for that. And we are continuing right through December with our holiday programming. Um, So there's really something for everyone. Uh, We have our traditional family holiday concert, Here Comes Santa Claus. Tell us more about that, the, the Here Comes Santa Claus, for those who've never been a part of it. Yeah, so Here Comes Santa Claus is perfect uh, for the little ones. So for the whole family, you're going to hear a lot of the traditional holiday music um, that, you know, that you could sing along with and everybody knows and loves. Um, But we also have so much going on around that experience. In the lobby, for example, we have the chance to take pictures with Santa's elves. We have a bell making station. Um, So a lot of just excitement and a uh, way to bring the whole family together during the holidays. And I love that music is a part of that because for me, it's always been one of those basic fundamentals I wanted to add to my children's life. Whether they played an instrument or whether they gained an appreciation of orchestras and symphonies, I wanted them to have that that piece. And I think the more that kids are exposed to live performances, the more they start to develop that love and appreciation uh, for the arts. Yeah, that's so true. Um, We actually, the Utah Symphony and Utah Opera has has done research on this, and we find that the number one reason that people attend our performances as adults is uh, the fact that they were exposed as children. Um, So we fully appreciate the importance of that um, and make sure to build in those family-friendly programs um, in our in our whole season. And of course, we do a lot of education work outside of that as well, where we're going into the schools on a regular basis, um, giving students an opportunity to work um, one-on-one with our um, musicians. And um, between those things, we are really hopeful that we're building that next generation of 
musicians and music lovers. Absolutely. I can remember what it was like for one of my kids to come home from school and to say that they had a chance to see a cello. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it, you know, and have that. It, it's it's just brings it home to them. Wow. That is what I'm hearing when I'm hearing the music. I've seen the instrument. I was able to strum uh, those strings. It's exciting that the Utah Symphony, Utah Opera is a part of that educational outreach. For those who've just joined us, we're talking to Meredith Kimball Lang of the Utah Symphony, Utah Opera. And she did talk about Here Comes Santa Claus. If you needed the dates, I wanted to share that. December 17th at a Bravanel Hall, right? So it's one night. That's right. It's uh, it's a Bravanel Hall. Well, it's actually during the day since this is a show for the little ones. Okay. Uh, we've got a show at 11 a.m. and then one at 12.30 p.m. And um, definitely be sure to arrive early for those because we do have so much going on in the in the lobby as well, uh, writing letters to Santa, taking photos, um, and making your special bell as well to is, hang on your Christmas tree. Oh, that yeah, your very own bell that you're making. Um, so, is <laughs> does this event often sell out? Because I do see there's tickets available at utahsymphony.org right now for Here Comes Santa Claus. Yeah, there's limited tickets available at this point. Um, both of those, so it's, there's two show times. Um, the better seats right now are available in that morning show time at 11 a.m. So in order to to get the best seats, that's the one that I would recommend. And I shouldn't forget to mention that. We do typically have an appearance by the jolly man himself, Santa Claus, who uh, comes up on (laughs) stage um, at the concert. So... We never guarantee it, but uh, it, it, it tends to happen. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you say kids, it might happen yeah, if you're yeah. we, nice we try to get, and not yeah, naughty. We try to get Santa to fit us into his busy schedule. <laughs> it is. It is a busy schedule. But I, to me, I love how you, with the Utah Symphony, Utah Opera, have taken um, what in our minds sometimes we think of symphonies as being, um, you know, highbrow and... And, mm-hmm. and for those who, you know, the intellectual class, and the truth is that these performances are for all of us, right? You take beautiful compositions and you bring it home for us. So it's everybody should feel comfortable and welcome with the Utah Symphony and Utah Opera performances. It's just a beautiful thing. You're doing that, again, with one of your holiday shows. Um, it's Tim mm-hmm. Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas in concert. Tell us about that. Yeah, so this is another that's that's really great as a family get-together. Um, this is part of our films and concert series. And for those that might not be familiar with this, uh, we have the entire movie playing on a big screen that's behind the orchestra, a giant HD screen. And as that movie plays, uh, what's actually happened is the music has been extracted from the music. Um, all the dialogue and, and all the other sound effects are still in there. But the music has been taken out of that movie um, to leave the ability for the orchestra to play the full soundtrack live. Um, so it's a really, really interesting process of, of how that happens. And as you can imagine, that um, it's different from a typical concert, right? Because the timing has to be so Perfect. exact. Absolutely. <laughs> right. So the, the, the conductor is literally there with a stopwatch to make sure that it's timed exactly <laughs> 
with the music. So any that that's a little of the behind the scenes of how that works. But um, from the audience perspective, um, it is just such an incredible opportunity um, to witness a movie in a way that you never have before. And this is what we always hear from our audiences when they come to our, our films and concert series. People will end up saying, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I can ever hear or, or ever see a, mu- a movie um you know, the old fashioned way again, (laughs) like this is, this is how I always want to see my movies now. Right. Um, so nightmare before Christmas is of course, perfect, um, for the holidays and it is selling really quickly. This is such like a, such a classic Christmas movie. Yeah, you know, I just had the opportunity to be at Disneyland where they convert the Haunted Mansion into uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. So elements of that are built right into that Haunted Mansion. Uh, right. Oh, cool. Yeah, and you know, the kids are like, how scary will this be? You know, as, as they're in. And so when we talk about this being a family event, not just Here Comes Santa Claus, which was earlier in the day for the youngest, what age is appropriate to go to Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas in concert? Well, I think that I, I think really all ages. I mean, as long as as long as they're not going to be find it too spooky, um, yeah. I think that's kind of really at the parents' discretion there. Um, but ages four and up um, is is the appropriate age where we we let um, let those kids into the concert hall. Um, so I think it's really really like an all ages kind of kind of event. I love that because um, with the family during the holidays, you are looking for things that everybody can be a part of. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And similar to Here Comes Santa Claus, this is another where um, where we try to make it a full experience and that beyond the performance, it's also uh, what's happening in the lobby. So we have the opportunity to make a spooky ornament. We have a really fun photo station that is going to be themed to the movie. Um, So definitely be sure to get there early and um, take part in those fun things. I know our photo stations are always a big hit with our films and concerts. Right. And the performance is at seven o'clock at night. So when you're saying get there early, you want to get your tickets now before it sells out at utahsymphony.org. But you want to arrive. Can we get there an hour early so we can get to the photo areas and get to our seats and, and not feel that stress? Or how early can yes, we arrive? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an hour early when the door is open and all the fun begins in the oh, lobby. Yeah, all the haunted mm-hmm. Christmas fun uh, that is a part. The dates of those performances, December 21st through the 23rd, again at a Bravanel Hall. Most of us, I, and I, I guess I shouldn't say that, a lot of us have had the opportunity to sit in a Bravanel Hall, and the acoustics are just incredible. To hear the music kind of bouncing, not just in front of you, but right from the walls, kind of enveloping you, it is such a cool experience. So when you were saying, Mary, that, uh, you know, after you've seen a movie that the music is performed live around you, it changes. Next time you go to the movie, you're like, oh, it was so much even more cool to have that music in the movie right. performed live. Yeah. Right. It's such it's such an immersive experience um, to have that the, literally the surround sound. And then and then also kind of different from your typical movie going experience, like just thinking about the sheer number of people that you're having that experience with, um, you know, movie theater might be a few dozen 
at a few dozen seats. This is 2,800 seats. <laughs> so Woo! you can imagine the energy that you get when you have that many people coming together. Um, and de- depending on the movie, I know like in our hair, hair excuse me, our Harry Potter film series, um, you'll get people that are cheering for their favorite characters, booing for Voldemort. So (laughs) I'm sure there'll be some of that happening too. So, you know, like you said, um, a typical symphony experience, you might think about, um, you know, kind of the etiquette that you want to have. And, um, and it's, feels like in a way like the rules are thrown out the window with these, with these <laughs> kinds of films in concert. People are dressing up. People are, um, you know, expressing expressing themselves when they see their favorite characters or their least favorite characters um, come on screen. And um, it's just super fun to feel that all that energy and excitement. Uh, and of course, you can take a look at all of the upcoming performances when you go online at utahsymphony.org. We have about mm, eight minutes together. Uh, this is Rebecca Cressman, and we're talking to Meredith Kimball Lang of the Utah Symphony, Utah Opera. You know, we talk about the music conductor, the music director being Terry Fisher. Uh, this is mm-hmm. his last season. Is that correct? That's right. This is Terry's final season after uh, 14 years that he's been with us. It's really long tenure for a music director, and we've been really grateful to have him for as long as we have. He's really elevated the orchestra to a new artistic level in the time he's he's been here. So a music director, talk to us a little bit about, you know, what we're seeing when we're uh, in our seats. What is the music director really um, trying to create with the symphony and, Mm -hmm. you know, the orchestras that are that are a part of these performances? Yeah, the music director, um, the the role goes both uh, beyond behind behind the scenes and on the stage. So um so big part of it is is the work that they're doing with the orchestra on a week to week basis um making sure that that the artistry is really coming together and is at the highest possible level um and also working on what we're actually hearing on stage, what's being performed, um, and ensuring that um, it's music that's, again, going to continue to push the artistic caliber of the orchestra while also balancing that with um, being music that um, that people know and love and want to hear, you know, having everybody's favorites represented. Um, so programming is is a big balance in that way. And the music director has, um, uh, has a huge say in shaping that. Um, and then kind of outward facing, um, you want it to be a person who has an incredible stage presence. Um, and when they're on stage and in those performances in the moment, they're really able to connect with the audience and, and wrap them into the music. A lot of what happens with a conductor, um, you know, and I get this question all the time, like, what does a conductor actually do? Because <laughs> people have the thought of, um, you know, these are such high caliber musicians, couldn't they play on their own, right? And that's the conductor just keeping the beat. Well, it's definitely a lot more complex with that. Uh, they are giving the beat. They are the, giving the cues and keeping everyone together. Um, but they're also charged with um, with 
sharing their artistic vision, kind of their interpretation of whatever piece is being played, communicating that to the orchestra and also signaling that visually and what they're doing on the podium so that the audience can kind of follow along and and have those visual cues of what they're working to um, to communicate artistically. It's just so fun um, for those of us who don't play any real instruments and we're watching him, watching Thierry Fisher. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just phenomenal to watch the emotional energy as he's conducting. Um, and so I love that you kind of shared more of that for us, Meredith, so that when we are watching him, we can get a, a bigger vision of, of right. the impact and the role he's had on this symphony. And we still have opportunities right to see him as a conductor because I remember when he was coming to town and 14 years ago and how much excitement was to have one of the best conductors in the world uh, coming to lead the Utah Symphony Thierry Fisher so the 2023 um, season will still give us opportunities right yes so Thierry is back with us Um, next time he's back here is in March Um, and then he has he has several dates throughout the course of this spring that he's um, he's back here at home, so to speak, with the Utah Symphony. Um, and, of course, at the end of our season, um, we are saying our final farewell to him. So those two final concerts in May are, are really significant. Um, and these are, both of them include works that Thierry feels so passionate about um, and you know that he's really carefully programmed to make sure that he's um, he's he's leaving this post and this this orchestra that's been so special to him um, in you know in, in sharing a, this grand artistic statement um, at the end of his tenure. Um, so Messiaen's Tarangelila Symphony, for example, um, this is on May 19th and 20th. This is a work that's not often performed. Um, it's a huge, massive work, and um, and it really, Messiaen's vision in writing this was that it incorporates the full range of the human experience. It's about love. It's about death. It's about um, nature. It's about it, there. It wraps in all of these elements. Um, and then Mahler's Symphony Number no. Three. Um, we get the chance to partner with the women of the Tabernacle Choir, and wow. um, this is yeah. And this is. Um, of course, a staple of our community and one of the organizations that um, that Thierry has most loved being able to partner with in his, his time here. So it was really important to him to have that collaboration for his, his final concert. I appreciate that. You know, uh, before we began this interview, we were talking about um, the opportunity to paint the picture that we are all invited to enjoy some of the holiday performances that are being performed by the Utah Symphony. And I skipped a few of them. And so for those who just joined us, this is Meredith Kimball Lang. Uh, she is the, over the marketing with Utah Symphony, Utah Opera. And as we talked about this being our symphony, like this is our symphony, whether you live in West Valley City, whether you live in Spanish Fork or Springville or Logan, this is our symphony. These are the performances that we're, we can see. So I should just for better. I, I didn't want to skip because we've got coming up the Celtic Woman, a Christmas symphony, and um, their voices are incredibly harmonic. So that is December 6th, correct? We've got that coming up? Yes. 
All right. Yeah, so that's coming up just next weekend. Now, I, I do have to say at this moment, our tickets are sold out, uh, fully sold out. However, um, stay tuned because there, I've just gotten word today that there's a chance that we may have some tickets to release. And um, if that happens, we are going to be announcing that on our social media channels. Okay, watch um, that. So please stay tuned there. And we've just been seeing those tickets get snatched up so fast. So, um, <laughs> so make sure that you get connected um, with our with our social media channels or on our email list so that you're in the know if and when um, additional tickets do become available for that. Um, I know every time Celtic Woman comes here to Utah, they get such a warm welcome. Um, so, so much enthusiasm for that group with that performance. Oh, my goodness. And they have such a wonderful international sound uh, that they're bringing, mm-hmm. right? Um, from, well, okay. Right, yeah, right. They're, they're from from Ireland, yes. um, yeah, the number one number one female group in in Ireland, I believe, um, and they've been uh, have such such a passionate fan base. They so do. we're really. I'm, yeah, so I'm one of them, Meredith. Really I've, I've watched them twice <laughs> in concert. I just feel so relaxed when I'm sitting and doing that. Now, oh, good. I, after and that, did you get your ticket? I hope you got your tickets. <laughs> oh, uh, not for this week, this this coming one, oh, but that's no. okay. I've shared in it, and I want someone else to have that opportunity. Would you consider? Is it Prokofiev's? Am I pronouncing that right? The piano concerto. Yeah, yeah, Prokofiev, the piano concerto number two. Um, this is a great masterworks program. It's not a, it's not one of our holiday programs, mm-hmm. so we wouldn't probably wouldn't go that far. However, you know, we always think about December as being a time to gather with the family, and so if you do have family in town or you're looking for um, something to do after a day of holiday shopping or um, just maybe taking some time for yourself in the bustle of the holiday season, right? If you want to, you've been busy with uh, family for Thanksgiving last week and you're maybe thinking you just need to get out for a little date night or treat yourself, um, this is a great way to do it. Um, the Prokofiev Piano Concerto Number no. 2 is a fantastic work, and um, the soloist that we have coming to perform it um, is just known for his incredible technique and the incredible um, energy that he brings to the stage. So I have no doubt that's going to be a phenomenal performance. Tell us about, we have just a couple of minutes, um, I don't want to miss out on this, a soulful holiday with the Utah Symphony. Tell us about that. Yeah, so this is a Utah favorite. Um, Morgan James, she's a fantastic Broadway singer. Um, she's been coming for a number of years to perform with the Utah Symphony. So she's someone who's um, kind of like Celtic woman. She's really built up this um, passionate fan base here. Um, so we know that every time Morgan comes, she's going to have, have her fans coming out in droves. Um, she is such an incredibly talented singer, and um, and like I said, she's done all kinds of performances um, with us, but this is her holiday show, and she's developed this um, show to be a jazzy and a soulful twist on holiday favorites. How so think along beautiful. the lines of like Winter Wonderland, mm-hmm. Dexa Halls, those traditional tunes, but you're going to hear them in a way that's that's new and different and um and she just has such such amazing creativity 
And there are a few different performance nights in the middle of December for a soulful holiday with the Utah Symphony. So I just wanted to give you that heads up. And of course, we mentioned Here Comes Santa Claus and Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas in concert. But how beautiful this holiday programming is that the symphony and uh, has you know planned for us. So I appreciate that so much. So where, the best way to get the latest information from the symphony, is that your social pages, Meredith? Our social pages are a great resource for information and, of course, our website as well, utahsymphony.org. Um, and specifically to get to those holiday concerts, uh, we have a special page for that. It's utahsymphony.org slash holidays um, or utahopera.org. Uh, we don't have specifically holiday shows for the opera. Um, however, we you know just think about the fact that that tickets always make a great holiday gift. So right when we come back from the holidays, right at the beginning of January, we have a wonderful opera um, playing for about a week or so. It's called The Daughter of the Regiment. Um, It's not an opera that's super familiar for a lot of people. Um, However, it is a really great, um, what I like to call um, entry opera, so if you're not very familiar with opera, um, it's a comedy, it's lighthearted, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's a coming-of-age tale about a girl who's kind of grown up um, in the army, and she has this regiment of army soldiers that basically play the role of her her dads. <laughs> so she's got like all of all of these all of these overprotective dads, <laughs> and she falls in love, of course, with a soldier who's across enemy lines. So <laughs> of course we did. <laughs> right, right, of course. <laughs> so her dads are not very happy about that. They're very protective of her, but. You know, as you can imagine, not the spoiler alert, love, love wins out. This, this is not a tragic opera. This is a very, very fun and happy opera. And, um, and it's, it's actually one that, that is appropriate for the younger ones as well. Um, we typically in our Utah opera season do try to, um, have one of our four operas. Uh, be one that's a a family-friendly production. So this is the one. So I mentioned that. um, And I would just say, you know, the the symphony, you know, is is performing Carmina Barana. And I would say, don't bring the little ones to that one. (laughs) That's so (laughs) intense. I mean, I brought my husband. He's like, wow, this is intense. I'm like, yeah, you know, it it, it is. But I love that when you are, are bringing these shows together, you're thinking about every member of the family and what they could enjoy. Um, such a beautiful, beautiful array of performances right. by the yeah, Symphony we and are, Opera. We are so dedicated to making sure that the Symphony and the Opera are accessible to everybody and welcoming everyone in our community in. So um, it's, it's your Utah Symphony. It's your Utah Opera. Um, we're here for the community. Um, and we hope that you'll come Join us at a Bravenel Hall or at Capitol Theater. And we'll do. Uh, Meredith uh, Kimball Lang, thank you so much for taking time and joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. Utah Weekly Forum is produced by KSFI FM 100.3 in Salt Lake City, a Bonneville International Station. Subscribe to the Utah Weekly Forum podcast online and email us at Rebecca at FM100.com. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. 
More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.